Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study, and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the Word, let's just take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for the infinite wisdom and knowledge that you have, Lord, and that you give us parts and portions of it, Lord, as you see fit, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you are in control of everything, and that there's nothing that escapes your vision, Lord, or you have not planned for, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome. We are excited to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Acts. We are officially in chapter 9. So it's taking us some time to get there, but that's okay. All right, we're on the, the Lord's clock. We made it. He Hallelujah. controls time, so we're in his perfect timing, wherever he wants us to be. But I'd just like to, to welcome you and to thank you for joining us. And I especially want to thank our partners that... Uh, I'll, I'll say they're for their heart for the, to the Lord and to be obedient to Him and that have partnered with us in the work of this ministry to help build the Lord's house to ensure the hit, that the gospel is preached throughout the four corners of the earth. Thank you for doing what the Lord has asked you to do, for being obedient, for keeping us in prayer, for sowing into the ministry, for liking these episodes, for subscribing on the all the platforms where you find a day of prayer and for sharing the episodes with others. So they, and then others, have the opportunity to listen and to grow in their relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. That is that is what we're doing here. So we thank you for being a blessing to us and just for, I'll say, encouraging us as we move forward together in the work of the ministry. So thank you, and we thank the Lord for you. We're here to get in the Word, shall we? Mm -hmm. So, we are in Acts chapter 9, and we are going to reread verses 1 through 9. So, could I get a volunteer to cover that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, promise? Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any, any who were of the way... Whether men or women, he might bring them back to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick, kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus, and he was there three days and he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Mm-hmm. Amen. So at this time, we're going to open up the floor and give each of you the opportunity 
to share what the Holy Spirit's speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions if you have them. So who'd like to begin? Um, I just had a question. All right, Layla. Is it possible, you know, how come Saul had scales on his eyes? Hmm. That's a good question. So, there's a couple of, I'll say, scriptures that we can go to, right? First is in 2 Corinthians 4. Um, we can talk, oh, actually, yeah, let's go there. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. And, uh, probably begin in verse 3. Through five. Can I get a volunteer to, to read that? I will. All right, LaCharles. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so we're, we're going to come full circle. We're going to come back to Acts here in a second. But um, the second one, is, could someone go to Romans 11 and read from verse 24 through 26? I'll read it. All right. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The Deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, in those couple scriptures, we, there should be a couple things that, that we observe. One, it says where the scales came from. That's in the first, that's in Corinthians. And what did it say? The God of the world had blinded them. Okay. They were blinded by the God of this world. So that's not something that the Lord did, right? But why did he do that? Why did that happen? What is that? In- As in the blinding. For Saul? For, yes, Saul, but also for, I'll say, the children of Israel. How did they become blind? Is, yeah, exactly. Is Thank okay. you. That's a better question. How did they become blind? They because they had believe. rejected it, right? That's what we see in Romans 11. They rejected Christ, right? Do not want you to be ignorant of the of this mystery that you do not become, come, will not be conceited. A hardening in part has come to Israel, all right? So there's a partial hardening, but we do know this about the Lord. He will turn us over to our own lusts, right? 
And that, that was the first one. In Corinthians, it talked about how the blinding had come from the God of this world, from Satan, from the adversary. And so let's look at a couple things. How could this happen to one of the Pharisees, one of the students of the word? Well, there were clearly things, as in Jesus, that were rejected. Jesus made himself known, right? Yes. So, no, we haven't quite gotten to that that part yet, right? About the, the scales. So we're, you're a little ahead, but we, we can answer that, right? So, so these things happen. Now, the Lord still had a, knew what was going to happen, right? To his people, to Israel. And it already accounted for that in his plan of restoration. Because scripture also tells us that not all Israel are of Israel. So there are those of every race, ethnicity, whatever way you want to phrase it, culture, creed, that will receive Christ and many will reject him. Which includes out of Israel. Right? Yes. Okay. So... And it says in other places in scripture that he has sheep that are not of this fold, right? We yes. just read about the eunuch exactly. coming into the fold, the Ethiopian eunuch. So God is not a segregator of races. It's a segregating of believer from unbeliever. Mm-hmm. The wheat from the chaff and the looking at the spiritual, um, the end of the age, how people will be categorized. Either you're for Christ and that's wheat or you're against Christ and that's chaff. Okay, so... Now let's go back. We're going to come back to Acts here. Chapter 26. Of? Of Acts. Of Acts uh, chapter what, baby? Acts chapter 26. You said verse 26. Oh, did I? Well, forgive <laughs> yes. me. Forgive me. Okay, no problem. Oh, got a lot going on You're here. like, what you talk about, woman? Um, <laughs> can someone read from verse 17 through uh, 17 and 18? I will. Okay. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Mm-hmm. So do we not see that exact thing playing out here? And there's other places in Scripture where it talks about that, right? Isaiah, Isaiah has a bunch of them. Isaiah 35, 5. Isaiah 42.7 and 42.16, right? All talk about uh, opening the eyes of the blind. And of course, there's Isaiah 61, right? Freeing the captives. So there is a, a captivity that has happened as a result of rejecting the Lord. And that happens with everyone, not just Israel, not just, well, in this case, Saul, about to become Paul, right? So the scales falling off was deliverance mm-hmm. to the captives that you, you read about in Places like Isaiah 61, right? there to bring deliverance. And there's actually people that I'll say are alive today. You can find these videos on YouTube and a number of other places where they testify of when they were, when they received Christ and when they were delivered from whatever thing that they had from the Lord, right? Whatever he delivered them from. Um, one individual that I recall talks about how he, he could not stop weeping. But in the weeping, what he saw running down his face was not just tears, 
but it was dirt and he was seeing it on the ground as well. And he explained how that dirt was from things that he had observed not by not guarding his gates, by allowing the enemy to have access and a foothold, which had built up within him. And the Lord was setting him free, delivering him and purifying him at the same time, removing the filth and things that would make him unclean, not allowing there to be a seed, if you will, left to attempt to bring him back to that state. Because that's what the Lord does. He does things in full. Right? Yes. So that's where it gets to the the scales part. Right? And why the scales were removed and fell off. Paul studied the word out. But it doesn't talk about any revelation. But when we read the New Testament which he wrote a considerable portion of. He talks about revelation after revelation after revelation. Not that he studied it out, but that he received it from the Lord through the Holy Spirit ministering to him. And the Lord took the word that he had already learned and what sowed it, what was sown mm-hmm. in his heart and taught him how to rightly divide it. That's what you saw Jesus doing in his ministry when he would encounter the Pharisees who knew the written word, but they did not know how to apply it rightly to the word of God. They used it as a means and a measure of bondage and a measure of exerting their control over the people and subjugation for the people, not the freedom of life. They had no revelation or understanding the things of God. And Jesus would say that you have no under, you don't know the power of God. You don't know what the scripture means and you have no idea what the power of God is. Um, so he would take their misconception that they tried to use for um, a yoke of bondage and he would reveal the truth of it. And even when his disciples met him on the road of, uh, was it a road of Emmaus? Back yes. um, after Jesus had been raised from the dead, he revealed himself through the scriptures. Now, these are things that they learned as young children, how to recite these particular scriptures, but they still did not see Jesus in them. They didn't see how they applied to Christ. And he took those scriptures and removed the scales, if you were. And they said, didn't we, didn't our hearts burn within us? But they didn't recognize them. They took that, Jesus took that blinder off of their heart and revealed himself so that they were able to rightly hold the word of God, to understand Christ and the meaning of the scriptures, because they all point to him. And now they were able to build the foundation of their life based on the truth of God's word, not a fallacy of men's interpretation. Right. And didn't didn't we see that especially, that every scripture points to, to Jesus, especially when we studied out the Lord's house? Yes. Amen. Every item, every furnishing, everything was pointing to an aspect of Christ. And that Jesus of Nazareth is, in fact, the Christ. It wasn't just saying that there's a Messiah coming, which is kind of how they took it um, in a blind way. Yeah, there's a Messiah, someone, uh, one somewhere. But those things pointed to specifically Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. I always say that wrong. Nazareth. Now, again, this is, oh, I'll say this point has jumped way ahead because we're talking about here in Acts chapter 9, verse 18, where the scales fell off was where your question came from. So let's, let's back it up a little bit and cover the first nine verses, right? Because that's, that's what we read. And what is the Lord saying to you or to his Holy mm-hmm. Spirit speaking to you in that section? Anyone? 
promise go ahead okay so the lord's talking to me about verse five where it said word where jesus was talking to saul okay and it said i am jesus whom you are persecuting it is hard for you to kick against the goats and i believe goats are sharp not necessarily sharpened sticks and they're used to move the ship sheep along to drive cattle oh sorry Cattle. You're not not just sheep. I mean, it can be, but usually for cows and right things of that nature. So yes, it's hard to kick against the goats. Like every time you kick against one, it's going to stab you in the foot, right? Like that's that's painful. So the Lord didn't ask him if he was. He said it is. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. It's hard for everyone. But going back to Ecclesiastes, what are the goats? Words of the wise are like goads, right? And the words yes. of scholars like well-driven nails given by one shepherd. If we notice in, in that scripture, shepherd is capitalized. Yes. It is specifically yes. referring to Christ who gave us his word. And those, are the well, those are the words of the wise. And if we back up to verse 10, right? The, the preacher sought to find acceptable words and that what was written was upright. And he says specifically, they are words of truth. What did Jesus say? My words are truth and they are life. So everything is pointing to Jesus. And Saul has now gotten to a place where he can begin to receive that. Right? Yes. So in the same way, we should, I'll say, be in a place where we can receive what the Lord is saying to us. Because he's been saying it throughout the entirety of his word. Who Jesus is. Right? Who yes. he is, who he was, and is. Right? Yes. Forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changed. Hmm. At any point in time. And also, I think there's a, a place where we, it's needful, it's necessary, where we define who Jesus is to us. Exactly. Because Paul's salvation, Jesus was always who he was going to be. But Saul didn't become who he was supposed to be until he recognized Jesus as his Lord. Jesus is always going to be mm -hmm. Lord. <laughs> it's us who will be in his presence or not, depending on how we relate to him, mm -hmm. as in taking him as Lord and Savior. But he won't be leaving his abode because we don't choose him. Right? He's not going to stop yes, being yes. Lord in his majesty because a human takes a different course and rejects him. It's the human that will be separated from God, not God separated from the human. Absolutely. I think we have to understand that. <laughs> Sometimes we in, in a far lesser scale, right? Let's look at it like gravity, right? It's a spiritual, or it's a law, right? Mm -hmm. uh, quote, unquote, natural law that was first designed by the Lord. But just because you choose not to believe in gravity, you can't now hover and fly. You can't just take off like a rocket and travel to wherever you want without purchasing a ticket or an aircraft or some means of mm -hmm. ability or way to fly, right? 
Yes. So, I mean, by your own natural body. You can do all the drugs you want. You still, <laughs> right. you still won't be flying. Gravity is there. Gravity you can alter is, your mind exactly. however you want to. So, like I said, God. far lesser scale, mm-hmm. right? But Jesus is Lord. The, that never is going to change. Ever. Mm-hmm. But is he yours? Is he yours? Mm-hmm. Do you know him as Lord and Savior for you? He's already offered the free gift of salvation. All you have to do is receive it. Believe so you can receive. By faith we receive his grace. He first gave us that grace because he loved us even when we were enemies to him. In opposition, at war. Because of our nature. And if he is your Lord and Savior, then shouldn't we, in our nature, and our character, and the attributes found within, reflect him? Or as he says in Romans, be conformed to the image of Christ? Yes. Yes. Okay. So then that should be widely known and, and observed by others in our lives, right? We are the Lord's epistle. Paul says it's his epistle, right? What Saul, who we're, we're reading about here now, later says, but you are our epistle. Like, talking about how he had preached and ministered the gospel to these people. You know, you're our epistle. You're read by all people. You're our, our certification, our qualification, if you will. Like, what we have done in the Lord is being read by each of you and how you carry and conduct yourself. Are we exhibiting the nature, character, and attributes of Christ in our life? Or are we in opposition? And that matters. It matters to each and every one of us. And so the Lord reminded me of how that the goals are meant to force the livestock along. Oh, they should be going along willingly, but it's there to force them along. And so you had brought up Ecclesiastes, and the Lord reminded me that he used the language that um, Saul was familiar with. Mm-hmm. Well, this is saying words have meaning, right? Yes. That's why our Lord is very specific about the words he uses when he addresses anything, right? Yes. yes. Um, I mean, we can even go into, along your with your point, we can even go into the word comfort, right? He sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us, right? Yes. And yes. Right? There's a, there's a tapestry for the Battle of Hastings, yes? Yes. Long ago. And what's it say on it or under it? King William comforting his troops. He comforts his troops. And and there is a, a picture with them with a spear. And he is poking someone in the rump. So what we have under have <laughs> forgotten. them to move along. It's a prompting, right? <laughs> we, we always, or not always, but many have forgotten that part of comfort. Comfort does not always mean, oh, this nice warm fuzzy blanket and we're just going to relax and, and sing kumbaya <laughs> and, right, and no in the same way right as as cattle if you will right yes the goads were there to prompt them in the direction they should go right yes, that, yes. The, so that's also part of the role of the holy spirit yes he also comforts us like a blanket absolutely but he also prompts us in the way that we should go do we not just read 
about that with Philip? Yes. He yes. was prompted to go. And then he was prompted to baptize this individual. Or, or sorry, before the baptism, he was prompted to overtake the chariot. And then preach the word to and him. And then preach the word and then baptize. Or he was mm-hmm. prompted at every say, hey, go do this. But if Jesus is our Lord and Savior, doesn't he have the right to then prompt us to do what he wants us to do when he wants us to do it in the manner with which he wants us to say or do whatever he's prompting us to do? Of course. He should. Amen. And he doesn't see us like cattle. He's already made that clear. We are we more are, value than the sparrow and, absolutely. and all of those things. And he, but we he, are his. We are his friends, right? But he also mm-hmm. says, you are my friends if you do what I command me, command you, mm-hmm. right? And he said, who are my mother and my brothers? They're those that do the will of my father. This is my family. This is mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not our own will. And ask the Lord to bless it but what he is prompting us to do. Right? And in the same way, there is a prompting of Saul to begin the work that the Lord actually intended for him on the Lord's destiny track for Saul, soon to become Paul's life. Amen. And that same prompting exists for each and every one of us today. You know, there's a scripture that talks about the, the chastisement of the Lord. And it afterwards, like at the moment, it doesn't seem good, but afterwards it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness that, that only comes from God. It produces, now you can go, ah, oh, I feel so much better, or I'm in that warm blanket with the Lord. But Philip, if he hadn't missed his chance to minister and be used by God in this situation, would he have felt comforted, like in a warm, fuzzy blanket? No. no. So the prompting of the Lord isn't painful. It is him saying, hey, come on. Him prodding us into the right direction to go where it is best for us to go because he wants our good and he wants us to cooperate and be a part of his plan. He could have carried out his plan without us. He has the power to do that, but he chose to include us and incorporate us. So that prompting, that prompting is for our benefit. And when we go in the opposite direction, it starts getting harder because we are making it harder, not because he's changing his intensity. It's because he's giving us an opportunity to move forward with him. But Saul, if he had ended up in the pit of hell, would he have felt warmed and comforted? Would he, that no, fuzzy no. blanket have been present? Oh, he'd have been no. warm, all right, <laughs> but not comforted. <laughs> right, exactly. So it, it, you, you understand that when he prompts us to go the right way, that is for our benefit. So we do get the, the we love this part of God, the, the comfort, put us in the blanket, hold us like a, a baby to your chest, Lord. We want that part of him, but we don't want to take the instruction and the counsel and the, the prodding to move in the right direction. So I, I bet Saul appreciated this. Lord, thank you for not letting me be turned over to my own, the consequence of my own sin. Absolutely. And I'm sure that, that thankfulness grew more and more every day as, he, as his relationship with the Lord grew. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. Begin that relationship with the Lord and let him reveal to you who he is and who he desires to be in your life. Amen? Amen. 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 Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today, and we thank you for the prompting that you give us through your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for showing us what it is that we need to do, Lord, and how to do it, God. And we thank you for saving souls, Lord, that you're bringing more into your kingdom, God, and that you've allowed us to be a part of it, Lord. 
We thank you for this time together in this podcast, Lord, to discuss your word, God, and to learn and grow and mature in you. And we just thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord, that they are being blessed as well. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.